Whoa there, space cowboy. Brokeback Bebop is a podcast with explicit content intended only for mature bounty hunters. Listener discretion is advised. Listen to all 40 steamy sessions of the show right now by supporting Brokeback Bebop at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay. Whoa. This this feels so real. It's like I'm in a a different kind of world. Wow. Oh, what is that in the sky? I can almost reach out and touch it. It's three, two, one. Let's jam. Did you really like that one, Zach? That would make you really happy to be a part of. I wasn't really a part of it. That's what I'm unhappy about, honestly. I just like to be included is all. You know, uh, uh, you can strap on the helmet. We can both fit. playing my oculus again zach what have you been playing um beat saber in the ping pong beat saber is really fun. and so the same YouTube. stuff <laughs> and yeah. watching youtube but is i like it... bought like the lizzo pack and like a couple nice. other ones there's like fun songs now they have like a lot more than they did before we really I, should I do like a vr up. chat thing actually now that meta owns it you have to like make a meta account and shit nice so yeah. well, it was always facebook yeah but now now we're in the meta yeah we can be in the meta together Hi, everybody out there. Welcome to the latest episode of Brokeback Bebop. We are here, as always, to talk about the next episode in the Cowboy Bebop franchise. Today, we're beginning the second half of the 2021 live-action Cowboy Bebop. I'm very excited to be here. Hi, everybody. I'm Zach. Hi, I'm Steven. Do we usually say our names? No. Or do we not say our names? Well, I'm glad you're here. How are you, Steven? I'm good. How are you doing today, buddy? What's what's new, Kazoo? Not a lot new, but I'm just having a having a good old day, hanging out with my good pal, coasting through the cosmos, our engine just on fire. <laughs> we are waiting for That's a the sound of it for a hot lesbian uh, engineer to come fix up. Uh, uh, the, I the, thought that was you <laughs> underneath the hood of the bebop here. Oh, that's me. Okay, is that not the job you serve here? I do the hot lesbian engineer. <laughs> Well, everyone, I'm glad you've joined us as we're beginning our descent towards the end of the Cowboy Bebop franchise. Today, we're talking about the sixth episode of the 2021 Netflix live-action Cowboy Bebop. This episode is called Binary Two-Step. hey Not the worst title they've done, but it's no. kind of a dumb name. I don't think it has that much to do with what happens in this episode at all. Not really. I guess binary because of because like the the, code. the coding. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess. This episode was it directed by point. Michael Cattleman or Cadleman. There's only one T, so I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Mm. Kate Elman. But it's like T L E Catleman. Catleman. Well, what I it took me exactly till episode six, as I've been saying every episode, <laughs> who directed the episodes, that this ep- this series is directed by exactly two people. Mm-hmm. That trade off throughout this season. Uh, first, the other guy is like Alex Garcia Lopez. Yeah. And this guy is Michael 
Cat Lemon. Uh, come Cat on the show. Lemon. Let us know how to say it. Tell us, Mike. So, Michael previously directed Dog Star Swing, mm-hmm. Callisto Soul, two of the all-time greats. And after <laughs> this, he directs the last two episodes of the season and of the series, Blue Crow Waltz, which this episode, there Mentions was a reference to a Blue Crow incident. That's not yeah. in the cartoon, is it? Even that girl. He that's killed a, people. He we'll murdered that. them. I want to talk about that. We'll get to that. But that's not Even in the cartoon that, at all. No, is it? not at all. Not uh, a thing. So he directs Blue Crow Waltz in the series finale, Supernova Symphony. Ah, that sounds hot. That sounds is like that about Nathan Chen's gold medal winning long. It sounds like that long band that had that one hit wonder. Uh, it's a bittersweet symphony, symphony that's live. Yeah, do you know that one. Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, do you know that one? Yeah, Bittersweet Symphony, yeah. <laughs> I think it's by the Verve Pipe. Yeah, it's exactly. Oh, is, is is Pipe in there or is it just Verve? There is a band called the Verve Pipe, but maybe that's a different band. I, I think don't that's know. different. Nobody knows. Yeah, Nobody knows. There's Verve. no way we'll ever know. And the episode is written by Carl Taro Taro, probably Greenfeld. Carl mm. Taro Greenfeld. That's a name. Is that like a Neil Patrick Harris thing? Or are you... I feel multiple upbringings coming from that name. Yeah. Carl Taro Greenfeld. Great name. So it's it an is interesting like a name. double last a name? solid name. Um, and uh, previously, is it a second first name? I don't know. This is Carl's first writing credit on this show, but he wrote a bunch of episodes of a show called Ray Donovan that was really popular for Ray a while. Donovan was really popular. Um, Carl wrote like 20-something episodes of Ray Donovan and wrote exactly one episode of some more recent shows, a show called Tokyo Vice that I've never heard of. Me neither. And also a show called C, which is on Apple TV Plus and stars Jason Momoa. hey I like Jason Momoa. And then Binary Two-Step, this episode, originally aired on November 19th, 2021, along with the entirety of the series. We passed it. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Steven. <laughs> Didn't get you anything. Sorry. <laughs> Your birthday is November 19th, right? Did I finally get it right? I've been you trying. nailed it, Zach. You got it. I think I know what month it's in now, actually. Okay, which one? June. Hey, you're right. Nice. Let's get into some trivia. I've got a decent amount of questions for you this week. How many? Five. I've got four, so why don't you go first, okay. Zach? I have a couple toughies. This first one's a little bit of a toughie. You give me a toughie. When Spike first sees the photo with Julia, what does the flyer on top of it say? Wanted. No. It says it's an ad for Alba City. Ah, that's true. I see. I, I understand your question now. I thought it was going to be something like in the picture. Sure. Um, oh, I get it. But yeah. how could it be? Because that picture is just a close-up, promotional <laughs> of Netflix half shot of, their faces. of the two of them as close as can be <laughs> on a Polaroid, <laughs> on a withered Polaroid, when that picture was taken, like, yesterday. Yeah. Um, what was Sai Baba's old alias? No idea. Not the really. Let Go Guru. <laughs> I did not capture that. <laughs> yeah. What is Faye's weapon called and how far can it shoot? It's a twofer. Well, that's a rail gun mm-hmm. and it can shoot a paper clip. Is it 500 meters? No. Way meters. farther. A lot farther. 5,000 meters. Not that far. Don't be crazy. 2,000 meters. There you go. Full point. Full credit, Stephen Thank Baker, you. right there. What is the name of the receptionist at Dr. Landis's office? I don't know. That's Beatrice. 
Have I got? Did I get your first one? Have Beatrice. I, any, I haven't gotten anything so far. Have nope. I? That's Beatrice. Zero for two. My third question for you, Beatrice, is <laughs> what is the engineer lady's most prominent tattoo? Oh, you bitch. Oh, it's like on her spine. Nope. It's well, I the... mean, that is a big one, but the one that they literally like call attention to in the episode. Oh, her looking at fucking gun? Yeah. I, is it supposed to be her? I is it a self-portrait? So. I thought it was just a woman licking a gun. I hope it's her. Well, she's like, I prefer either. this kind of steel. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. some good writing right there. Your turn. Where's the mainframe? Who cares? I don't know. I'm going zero for zero this week. <laughs> Fucking nope. Earth is the answer. Oh, I, I again, I now I know. Fucking yeah, Earth. Yeah, I remember that. Fucking Earth. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking more of in the beginning when they're talking all the gobbledygook about what mm. makes the spaceship work. Yeah. Uh, my next question for you, kind of a softball. How long has Faye been unfrozen? Oh, about two years. Good job. It's a long time to go without an orgasm. Mm-hmm. What size part did Jet get, and what size was he supposed to? That's my Jesus two Christ. Partner. Zero, nothing. <laughs> I got it. I got nothing for you on that. Not one. even a little guess. Just pick a letter and two numbers. A twelve. Oh, you dumb bitch. Uh, you you thought that was gonna be right, but it wasn't. Really we were looking did. for um, a J seventy two is what Jet got for six K, yeah. and for fifteen thousand <laughs> he could have got the J ninety two. Should have too. I didn't even ask the, the dollar amounts, but I knew them. I could have. Your turn. One more question for you. Sir. Last one. Toss it up to me. What roll, is roll it right down the middle of the alley. Strike, strike, strike. My fingers are deep in the holes and I'm ready to throw. You're ready to get knocked <laughs> that over. That little six pound ball is going to come fly in my way. At least. I got a 40 pounder right here. <laughs> <laughs> what is Spike? Give me your heaviest ball. Oh my God. <laughs> what is Spike in Julia's hotel room number? Uh, I-25? Jesus Christ, Steven, that's right. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Zach's fucking with me, and then there was yeah. a brief moment where I believed you. So you 321 got was the answer. Oh, I was close. You got any more? I was close. No, that's my last. Let's score it up. How many of yours did I get right? <laughs> Zero. Did I not get a single one? You got two, two. Three. You got three out of five. Wow. I did an okay job. Well, that's it. That's the trivia for this week. Good yeah. job, Steven. I don't want to talk about it. No, that's enough. Well, now it's time for something that it seems so so long since we've done this because it kind of kind of is in our timeline. We're going to find out. And based on trivia, it's not looking good. Uh, how uh, how well Zach did You don't even know what Zach it's called. Comprehend the episode this week? There you go. <laughs> to it we got there zach did you comprehend the episode this week yeah more or less and that's our answer thanks zach great session a plus uh, yeah <laughs> um well i give zach 20 seconds and he's gonna give me a rundown of the excellent product that we just indulged upon i'm gonna give zach 20 seconds and he's got that long to rattle off all the facts that he can about this episode no opinions you're using your hands a lot I don't want those opinions. It's a podcast. You usually don't use your hands so much. Go ahead. Yeah. And he's uh, are you ready? Us. All right. Let's count it down. Steven, <laughs> on four. Four. 
Three. <laughs> on four. Okay, Zach, are you ready? Um, yeah, sure, let's go for it. Okay, on go like always. Seven, six, <laughs> five, four, three, two, one, go. Spike gets sucked into a weird VR cult thing and it's causing him to relive the same experience over and over again as it slowly kills him. In this experience, he has to confront Julia and get a message across to her before Vicious comes to kill them both. Outside, uh, Faye is fucking an engineer and Jed is trying to save Spike and chasing down the mainframe, but it's on Earth and they got a race to save Spike. You got most of it. I know. I wanted to get more, but I think I... Touched on Zach, a I'm honestly gonna give you an A minus this week. That was yeah, I'll terrific. Take it. Because there wasn't a lot of shine to it, but I did get just about everything. That was that was one of your best performances. I knew well I done. had it in me this time. I knew I did. Yeah, you're gonna have me in you. You keep that up. Let's talk through this episode. We're in the part <laughs> of the show where uh, we're officially to Cowboy Bebop content that Stephen Baker has never seen. Yes. So as a first time viewer, what did you think of? A uh, non-binary five-step. You know, actually, non-binary I kind of enjoyed Cupid it. Shuffle. Um, it wasn't bad. I think that it kind of was helped by the fact that the main cast was all separate, so we didn't have any of the awkward interactions that kind of bring the show down sometimes. I suppose. Um, I think that Spike playing off of... I, I, I actually think it was a pretty good performance from John Cho as Spike. It was believable. He played the emotions really well. Um, regardless of what you think about that plot line, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, at some point. But I didn't hate it. I I don't think it was the best episode, but it's probably, unfortunately, in the top three of the ones we've seen so far. Yeah, what I'm thinking, I must have, this, episode six must be my, uh, imposter syndrome, or not imposter syndrome, uh, uh, what's the word? Stockholm mm-hmm. syndrome. Yeah, I think episode six is my Stockholm syndrome episode. Because this episode is full of all the things that have not worked for all of the other episodes for me, and yet, I think this might be the most fun I've had watching one of these (laughs) yet. Even more Um, than the terrorist one? Yeah, I think so, because that had all the annoying face stuff. Oh, it's true. And even the really porny face storyline in this episode had lines about her past that were... Not subtle, but way more subtle yeah. than that was. Not I kind like of like this episode. It's not like blowing it. me away. It might not be my favorite so far, but I had fun watching it both times I watched it. I think this episode, there are issues, and we'll talk about the issues, but I think this episode, when it works for me, hits the campy notes that it should have been hitting mm-hmm. all along. Yeah, I agree. I think that it has nothing that's super duper. I don't know if it's like you said, maybe I just expect this from it. And because yeah. it delivered what I expected, but maybe slightly better than I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. It didn't do anything noteworthy. There wasn't anything necessarily new that they unveiled or did. I have only minor issues with all the storylines, which I guess is fine. If this was a good show, this would be one of those like really solid filler episodes Mm -hmm. that is perfectly watchable yeah unfortunately i don't think this is really a good show (laughs) so it stands out as one of the best episodes of the show so Mm -hmm. far let's talk about some stuff from it uh something that stood out to me a lot in this episode was it felt very 
this version of Cowboy Bebop, not the original, the way that they talk about the mechanics of the spaceship and then yeah. later the mechanics of the mainframe and what have you for Londes. It's just very, oh no, you've got to get the word into the word so our drive will be improved. Or exactly. I don't know. It's just, just too much. Random mechanical words that make no sense. Like this live action Cowboy Bebop over explains everything anyway. But they don't need to over-explain something that they don't have to explain in the first place. And not even that. I don't believe that the people writing those lines have in their head how the mechanics of this spaceship actually works. No. It's just mechanical words slapdash together. <laughs> we get references, quite a few actually, and I wasn't expecting references to Radical Ed. Yeah. What did you think about that? Um, I like the mention. It it would create a little bit of mystery of who this person is. I think that, unfortunately, we both have at least seen an image of I have seen Ed. a clip of live-action Ed, and I know, and I went into this knowing, that Ed shows up at the very, very end, mm -hmm. I think maybe even in, like, a post-credits scene. Jesus Christ. Um, so, unfortunately, I'm not that excited to get there. But yeah. I think it's cool that they're dropping hints here because... Of course, fans of Cowboy Bebop watching the show. Ed didn't come in until like episode eight or nine of the original yeah. series. So six out of ten, I'm sure people are starting to think, where's Ed? And exactly. at least we get an idea of Ed's existence in this mm -hmm. version of the show, which is nice. Especially because there's such a blatant hole for Ed in the opening credits, mm -hmm. which... We cannot continue without talking about why the fuck they did whatever they did to the opening credits. Yeah. There's Cowboy no rhyme Bebop or reason. 2021, do the same theme song twice challenge. Go. Why? It's never been the same thing twice. It's been the regular one once, some bad ones like three or four times, and almost the right one the other time or two. Like, and what this the one's bad. Fuck. Why do they change the vocals? Why do they change the instruments to worse ones? It's almost the one that you want. It hits all the right notes, and for most of it's fine. Which made it worse, because I was yeah. like, I was expecting the right thing, and he said, Why don't we get all our things together? It was like Three, echo two, together, one, together. let's go. And it was a wrong voice, and then the song's <laughs> right for a while, but it has a little bit of a weird filter Why? And it. then, like, harmonica comes in at a weird and spot? And then at the end, when, like, the big trumpet notes hit at the end of it, they're, like, sour. The only thing I can think of is because of what they think they're doing with the visual effect on Spike's storyline in this episode of, like, being the real thing but uh, obfuscate. What's that? That was. How do you say that word? Obf obfuscate. Obfuscate. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I don't think so. Write us in if you know what I'm trying to say, because we don't. <laughs> Where it's like tweaking it into something wrong and sinister out of what we thought was the normal theme song. Have you? Maybe seen... I'm reading too into it, but that's what I thought. Here's what I would compare what they are trying to do. You know the super distorted version of "Don't Lose Touch." Yes. Like that. Or have you ever seen Nobody's Midsummer? Get that. Uh, one of our favorite so bands, Against Me, There's mm -hmm. like a, they have a great song, Don't Lose Touch. Then they have like a Nightmare Fuel remix of it. Do you have you ever like seen that. Midsummer, Zach? Yeah, I've seen Midsummer. You know how everything kind of looks a little bit off, like you're on acid or something? Sure, of course. That's, I think, what they're trying to go for with this episode, yeah. unsuccessfully. But and it, the theme it, song, too. Yeah. Before we get into some of that, what I want to talk about for a second is Faye. In this episode, mm -hmm. I think the actress who plays Faye does totally fine here. Yeah. I think her having a sexuality encounter, learning a little bit more about her character. Yeah. We see her vulnerable in this episode. 
However, I, it makes me want to bring up a point. I think the mechanic character is really flat. Mm-hmm. I think all of the flirty sexual encounters are really porny. And they are very weird porny. That it's like they wanted to be like, let's be cool and have a a lesbian relationship or encounter here, but it's really fetishized. Yeah. It, it it's because really it's whole, more focused on... So you've on, never been with a woman yeah, before? Two really yeah. pretty, beautiful women, uh, legs intertangled and, mm-hmm. and kissing each other That's and, and flirting about their big piece and you can touch my piece and stuff like that. Yeah, that was... It undercuts the little bit of good that they're trying to do here. Yeah, I would have been fine with that as a plot line. I would have been fine with it going mostly the same, but I think some of the dialogue was just really porny, and you could tell it was written by horny guys. <laughs> and honestly, that's something that I've thought about, and I think I've mentioned on the show before, watching this version of the show. The original, this part of it's dated a little bit now, but it was pretty sexually progressive mm-hmm. for being a show in the 90s in Japan. Yeah, um, Gender bending, sexuality bending, it did a good job, and it's true... It, it's obvious that this live action version is trying to do that or is trying to pay tribute to it, but it comes off really forced and lame. It mm-hmm. comes off a lot more like teen comedies with titties in the yeah. uh, 2000s. I mean, not exactly, but you know what I mean? It's a lot more totally. exploitative instead of boundary pushing, I feel. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay, so Spike gets trapped in this VR thing. And he has to relive this situation with Julia over and over again. Don't care a lot about that because there's some good stuff in it. You said that John Cho does a good job. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's repetitive. Yeah. And we know that it's not real. Well, that I get Spike kind of tired of it after a while. Along the way. He almost seemed like he's going to, but then he doesn't. I've been noticing more and more that Spike in the live action version is a far less interesting character. Yeah. He's kind of just a himbo. Absolutely. That's how yeah. he starts a little bit in the animated one, but you learn so much more about him and you actually get depth, but you don't really get that from here. Well, it's because that character is a very subtle character mm-hmm. and you could watch the whole show without noticing certain things about yeah. him. And I'm sure I did watch the show without noticing certain things about him. And this show just can't pull off subtlety like that. So Spike just kind of is what he is on the surface level. Mm-hmm. And interesting things happen to him or around him, but he isn't really that interesting. Yeah. To no fault of John Cho. Truly. I noticed in one of the lines to Julia, just the whole thing of it's Spike now. Which made me think back to, isn't the whole reason for Fearless, Vicious, to explain why Vicious has a silly name, are they implying at all that that Fearless is his real name? No, I don't think so. It's just like the name I he adopted, God, and Spike also are, isn't his real name? I'm going to throw a fucking fit. Okay. Do you think it's that neither is his real name, Spike or Fearless? Correct. Okay. Got it. His real name's John Cho. I thought it was Harold or Harold. Yeah, I thought he's it was not Harold. Kumar. No, he's, he's not. He's gotta be Harold. Couldn't be Neil Patrick Harris. That Full circle. he's Kumar. Full circle. Uh, what do you think about the the jet storyline here? He's like, I can find a cheaper part down the street, but I'm also looking for this bounty. Well, his main thing here is really the rescue mission. Um, it's really interesting how they add that one guy character. <laughs> yeah, the guy who's who just looks the like guy Nathan that knows. He just knows the answers to everything, so Jet has someone to be like, hey, you've got to go do this and go get this. Mm-hmm. That's all he is. I think Jet's fine here, but the character doesn't really get to do anything interesting. We don't really learn anything new about him. 
it's just the classic like there's a ticking clock and there's a mission and we got to figure out how to do this thing before the buddy dies and it's compelling enough you're rooting for him yeah uh, it's fine have you ever seen Don't Worry Darling? Did you see Don't Worry Darling? We talked about it. You told me what happens because I said I wasn't going to see it. The scene where, and I'm not really going to spoil Don't Worry Darling, but the scene where Spike and Julia, Spike's like trying, I don't I don't think Spike in the simulation ever truly has It doesn't figured, seem like it. He thinks he's maybe in some type of Groundhog Day scenario because yeah. he's reliving the same moment again and again. But the moment of Spike trying to get to the Bebop to save Julia, it, it feels a lot like the climax of Don't Worry Darling, mm. like trying to get out of the thing. Yeah. I don't know. I just noticed that. Something really stupid in this episode. Sure. Of course. There's the whole, like, well, Jet's like, well, what did you see in there? And then we see, like, an extra three-minute clip of him, or an extra 30-second clip of him getting shot by Vicious. Why would that matter? He got killed, like, six times. Why would Vicious doing it that time be like, oh, I can't let that secret out? And then they have, like, the end of episode text, which says, are you living in the real world? (laughs) Which is how the movie ends, because uh, Spike sees the butterflies from the whole Vincent thing. And this is just selling that short. What like a how, Remember how that. good that last like twenty minutes of the Cowboy Bebop movie is. Yeah, the Are you living in the real world? Yes, he is. He just did a thing with the simulation, and he had fucking goggles over his eyes. There's no like what is real, what isn't. He knows it's not real. Yeah. Other than maybe it being like a foreshadowing kind of thing. Sure. I want to talk a little bit more. What was the blue blue? Bluebird Ridge, Blue Songbird Lane. Blue, blue. The Buster Blue. Spike had this thing with the Buster Blue boys. Bluebird. Blue, blue Crow, the Blue Crow. Yeah. So he Spike, shot up the Blue Crow and Spike, killed some people, is that like including future, that girl. Is that the future in this world's version of Jim Crow? I hope so. Was he for or against it? Well, well we saw how much Spike liked the racial-based humor from that one lady. It's true. What so I wanted sure to say, for. did Spike do an Anakin Skywalker? Hope so. I'm sure what? it was like he had a mafia job and he shot up a place and there was mm-hmm. a little girl in there and he shot her right in the goddamn pigtails. There is an episode of the show that's still coming up. It's Blue Crow. You were right. It, there's an episode coming up that's called Blue Crow Waltz. So I have a feeling that even though this show got canceled early, we're going to learn the answer to this question. Oh, yeah. We're going to get a flashback of him. <laughs> killing Just the Jim Crow in the whole future. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't understand is with him having worked for the syndicate, what could have possibly gone down that's so bad in like comparison worse. To, to Vicious? Now, I know that the version of Julia that's saying you're so much worse than Vicious is not real. That's a projection. Well, but and here's still, the thing, it implies that is, the secret of Spikes, Spikes is pretty bad. Yeah, Spike's perception, like, his worst fears about Julia is all this stuff. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm, you, you, you know what I'm trying I, to say? I'm with you. Like, I, I don't hate it. Like, it's a fine storyline. It tracks. I believe it all. But Spike isn't supposed to be that stupid. Like, the same thing happened six times. You're in... It would be a much more interesting episode because we see the Spike and Julia encounter happen three, four, five times. And, and like, they do change it up say, and they get farther this. and go different directions. But 
Spike is so much more interesting than this show has let him be. It would be a much more compelling episode. And honestly, this episode doesn't drag too bad. But how much better and more exciting would it be if Wild Jet on the out... It's so easy to write. If Jet yeah. on the outside is trying to save him, Spike on the inside, inside is, trying is to get out. starting to realize what's happened. It's, it's, this whole episode's kind of Matrix ripoffy. But they could have gone full, and he's trying to get out. He's trying to escape. And it's like them both racing towards the same thing. I think that would have worked really well. Well, and, and even like, fuck, take a Rick and Morty episode. The further he gets like to the edges and the harder this old AI is trying to work to create this world around him, fitting all the stuff that he's, you know, figuring out how to bend the rules, the less real it looks. That would have made more sense than just every time it reboots. Mm-hmm. The world looks a little bit more computerized, but only we can see it, not Spike couple things about the ending that I thought was kind of cool. I don't hate the Jet and Faye side of no, the No, I like that. Trying to blow up the thing. I even, like, it's a little silly, but I don't hate Faye's weapon and how they build it up throughout the episode and then how mm-hmm. it's used at the end. Um, that was kind of neat. And I actually, one little moment that I thought was really cool, when they're trying to bust through the thing and they're shooting at it, and then Jet starts hitting it with his gun and his gun, yeah. like, crumbles when Great. he hits it with it. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, I don't mind a good railgun reference. Uh, there's a great anime called A Certain Scientific Railgun. Oh, so that's a reference to something. Maybe. I don't know if it's a direct one. Uh, the The reference that I was wondering was uh, the lady that rolls that uh, rides her bike past Spike and calls him a dandy. I don't know if that's a reference to Space Dandy, which is uh, like 1980s anime. I've heard of it. Anime. Yeah. yeah. I also noticed a little Space touch Dandy's that... Space Dandy's not from the 80s. It's more recent than that. As Spike is falling out of the simulation, I thought it was kind of silly that like the Illuminati eyeball thing like falls asleep as the thing turns off i thought that the was cool. screens i it was a reference i get it they're calling back to the show but they looked stupid you know what though i didn't mention it earlier and i took a note of it i wanted to i thought the assistant lady beatrice is that right yeah beatrice that was good. Uh-huh. i thought the screens leading him to where he needed to Those go good and actually kind of talking back to him i thought that was some of the coolest production design or use mm-hmm. of I don't know. It was there was no CGI really to it. It was just a practical yeah. thing that worked really well for me. Yeah, I liked that too. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on is how the episode ends with Faye and her little fling. Mm-hmm. I totally hate that they fuck all throughout the episode, and she's like, "It doesn't matter if you don't remember stuff. I can see your soul." And then yeah. at the end, she's like, call me when you figure your shit out. So yeah, you just took fuck? advantage of this, like, amnesiac woman to have sex with her, like, three times. And then now that you're like, ugh, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, it was shitty. I don't, uh, I think it would have been nice to just make her a new character. If you want her to, like, be a character that you bring back next season, that's fine, but. Not forever, but that's what I'm thinking. If this is a show that was meant to last a few seasons, she could have been around for a couple episodes this season and mm-hmm. ha- let they have a little fling and then something happens and it ends. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on about this episode before we get into the nitty gritty of the captain of the bebop? I like the music. There's some cool little musical things that play when Spike's in the hallucination chamber, Doc Ock, metal, vice grips, straight jacket thing around him. I liked the references to, of course, they say like two or three times in the episode, free your mind and the rest will follow. Yeah. Be colorblind. Don't be so shallow. Oh. Made me think of that song. Do you know that song? No, what's that? Yes, you do. Free your mind and the rest will follow. Oh, be I know the words. <laughs> Don't be so shallow. You know that song, right? Yeah, I didn't know those are the words. I'm going to play it at the end. There we go. It is. It's free your mind and the rest will follow. Nice. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think overall this was not a bad episode. There are a lot of little things to pick at, but if I'm just going to throw something on and I don't give a shit, I wouldn't mind watching this again. I agree. And it was just last episode that we were kind of like, okay, let's get through the last five. Hopefully there's yeah. one episode that's somewhat enjoyable. And already and this, this was... one was enjoyable mm-hmm. enough. It was plenty fun. Yeah. Um. That being said, and I am just now actually putting thought into I've it. I've been having trouble. I was going to wait till you went and then see if that, if I agreed or disagreed. of the Bebop this week. I think I'm going to give it to Faye. I think the actress who plays Faye, even though the storyline she's stuck in is a little porny and silly. um, I think the actress who's doing, she's doing a good job. And I'm starting to see this version of Faye as Mm -hmm. its own character. Yeah, totally. That I kind of like that's separate from the Faye I know. I want to give an honorable mention to the blanket that's just barely covering the other lady's nipple. Yeah, well done. And it was hanging on. Great blanket. Right on the edge of the areola there. Yeah. What about you? What are you thinking? Um, I'm going to agree. Honorable mention to Spike, because I think that John Schur does a really good job in Spike's Weevil in this episode, but he just can't be so stupid. He's stuck in a thing and does the same thing three times or four times. And he doesn't learn anything. That's the issue for me. Yeah. But I give it to Faye, too. I really like Faye this episode. Faye is actually becoming i think as this show goes on and favorite i was critical character. my favorite character in the yeah, live action probably probably and i think that they they do the most with her the actress does a great job unfortunately they just write spike as a himbo and jet they try to make a big terry cruz character yeah. well this show's good at text not subtext yeah and a lot of what works about the fake characters the text that we learn about her so they're able to kind of still keep that here whereas with spike we're not getting any of the subtext, mm-hmm. so we're not seeing any of the inner workings. Uh, but it's, I, I don't know. I, I'm starting to I've, – I've actually had fun with this episode. And yeah, talking about too. this episode was a lot of fun. I actually was watching it and being given things – like I wrote notes more than usual mm-hmm. this episode. There were actually things that I was like, oh, let's talk about that. And yeah. I hope that in these next four episodes – that I'll, that it'll be the same, and then maybe we'll even end it wishing that this silly mid-show had gotten another season to do some silly stuff. Yeah, that'd be great. I love it, love it, love it. Anything else you got to say to the people before we strap our ball gags back in and get back into the Brokeback Skies? If you're not watching Chainsaw Man, watch it. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We will be back next time to talk about... Whatever the next episode of this nonsense will be, and I'm a little bit more excited to talk about it than I was going into this one before. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, excited to see what we have next. Yeah, we'll next see you on all the docket. Next time. Goodbye, everyone. Oh no, we gotta put water on the fire. That was another thing. Did they extinguish the fire, or was it just that when they were able to get the engine to start cooling down, the fire went away? Great question. We'll never know. But I do know that. It, uh, we need a J97, J72, not a J92 on this son of a gun. All right, well, we've got to go get that mainframe on fucking Earth. So let's <laughs> take Earth. to the skies. Take to the skies. For listening. Support this show and our podcast network at patreon.com slash podcast where starting at $5 a month, you can get immediate access to all 40 outrageous sessions of Brokeback Bebop. See you next time, Space Cowboy. Let's go!